This episode is brought to you by Signature Baking. Hey, Dan. Hey, Keith. Uh, do you like bread? I do. I like bread a whole lot. And I know just through our demographic breakdown that a lot of our listeners uh, are from Texas. Mm-hmm. So this is specifically for every listener in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Ooh. And like all the little uh, areas around. Like if you're anywhere near Dallas or Fort Worth, go to SignatureBaking.com. DFW adjacent. Right. Anything in there. So... <laughs> Signature Baking uh, and their sister store, Hearthstone Baking in Austin, uh, are my favorite commercial bakers. But yes. they are now, uh, not, now not in Austin, just in DFW, they're offering home delivery. So if you are going to the grocery store and you're not finding bread in the mm-hmm. DFW area. You want some you, some of that good good. The best bread on the planet. Now in Austin, I got the hookup, so they gave me a couple loaves down here. Yeah. Uh, and I rebuilt some grilled cheeses from my past that <laughs> were the best sandwiches I've ever had in my life. But if you're in the DFW and you are not finding bread at the grocery store, go to SignatureBaking.com. They will deliver fresh bread, just baked fresh bread to your mm. doorstep. And not only that, mm. they are helping the DFW industry by hiring out of work industry people to work as bread delivery people. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. So all their partners and bread buyers like when they have staff that are out of work like this is a good company. They're friends of the show. Hell yeah. Uh good good friend of mine and Patreon supporter Jeff D'Souza. Woo! Uh it's his family's bakery. Uh and it's just great bread. Like uh without bullshit, I know it's an ad read. I eat this bread. It's good bread. Let's get this bread. It's, it's good ass bread. Five by five at the movies. Five by five at the movies. We like watching movies. Now listen to the show. Ryan on the set. Hi Dan. Hey Keith. It's early for us. Yeah, it is the, the afternoon. Sun's still out. <laughs> but uh, our sleep schedules are not aligned right now, so we have to yeah. take these times to record when we can. <laughs> yeah. How's your How's your isolation going? Uh, it's going. I watched six seasons of Community. <laughs> well, that's not a movie at all. No. Hopefully, it will be soon, though. There you go. I'm gonna take the gum out of my mouth. <laughs> I did watch a bunch of movies too. I forgot to bring my list in here. Finally watched Jersey Girl. <laughs> How was Jersey Girl? I actually really liked it. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah. I saw it years ago. I don't remember a thing about it. I don't yeah. remember it being bad. I think it was, it was just good. like because it was not financially a success. Yeah, and they it was how bad like it was. Clerks are mall rats. Right. Like it was it was at the time off brand for a Kevin Smith movie. Sure. But now he's made so much other stuff that it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense that he made that. Nice. But yeah. It's good. I can't uh I'm working my way back through the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. And uh yeah. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just trying to zone out every day. Yeah, we discovered that I for some reason don't own Deathly Hallows Part One. Which is a very DVD. important film in this series. <laughs> yeah. like if you didn't have like <laughs> I don't know, Chamber of Secrets, I wouldn't have given a fuck. I'm sure I have it in the garage somewhere. All right, let's get into the show. All right, uh, emails. Emails. There's no emails. Of course. You want to talk about reviews? Yeah. We don't have any reviews. (laughs) How about a check-in with Brian? It's like Vince are going quick today. Yeah. How's Brian doing? Oh, I don't fucking know. He doesn't tweet (laughs) it anymore. How about an email from Walker? (laughs) We have one? No, there's no email from Walker. (laughs) 
How about he's tired of our bits? How about <laughs> tell you what? How about new Patreon subscribers? Yeah, there's no new Patreon subscribers. <laughs> hey, we still got the ones we had, right? That's right. Yeah, but we still need uh Jim and Alex uh to <laughs> type in what they want us to say on the show. Okay, or they could say we don't want anything to say in the show, but it doesn't matter. That's all our housekeeping. Look, I don't know what the fuck y'all are doing because it's sure as shit not going out to the movies or restaurants or bars. You're just sitting there. Shoot us a line. This is demoralizing. Yeah. We don't have a... Even the people that write in every week haven't been writing in. You know what? Weirdly, I've found myself listening to far fewer podcasts. Because you're not commuting or... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, in the car going to work, stuck in traffic. Um. Yeah, I was just like have more time to sit down and actually watch things with my eyeballs, right? Rather than doing other things and also listening to a podcast at the same time. So maybe just no one's listening to us. Yeah. All right. That's great. That's not demoralizing. All right. Let's hop into the news. Bob Iger is delaying his faux retirement. Yeah. So uh, we previously reported that Bob Iger, who is the C- who was the CEO of Disney and the chairman of the board, was stepping down for Bob Chappick mm-hmm. to take over the CEO. Bob. He- yep. Bob and the Bobs. Uh, <laughs> Chappick was going to take over the CEO role. Iger was going to just be chairman of the board. We're about yeah, fifty-eight like days. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're fifty-eight days into it, uh, but then Bob Iger is kind of coming back and kind of like mm-hmm. not pushing Chappick out but kind of like double teaming that role as CEO of Disney because you have to imagine that what's what's going on right now yeah parks movies cruise line stores everything's shut down so they're in yeah, emergency yeah, they're like main income streams are all shut down so imagine if you were running something major let's say a whole country <laughs> And there was a pandemic going on yep. and you weren't say smart enough or capable <laughs> enough to run such a thing and the old president or CEO <laughs> steps in I'm, I'm, I'm so, having, a, having a hard time imagining this game. Yeah, wouldn't that be fucking amazing if someone could just step in and hold hands and anyway that's going on uh, NATO uh, not not the big important NATO uh, the National Association of Theater Organizations uh, is what I'm talking about pull a fast one and do nope. the other thing nope. yeah. not NATO the countries but NATO the National Association of Theater Owners. Uh, so it's Patrick. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna fuck up this guy's name. Kerkorin. Sounds right. Kerkorin. Yeah. Okay. Patrick Kerkorin, <laughs> spokesperson for the National Association of Theater o- Owners, says that there are cautious plans being put in place for theaters to reopen in late July. Okay. In some lesser hit areas, they, they could open mid June. But Kokorin stresses that these timelines are very tentative, all caps. Yeah. Once they reopen, though, theaters will face another issue, drawing crowds back in. Kokorin believes that there are two ways of thinking, saying people will be very tense and careful and nervous, or people will be desperate to get out of the house. It's probably going to be a mixture of the two. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been going through in my head as well, um, since we also both work in the... uh, you know live entertainment industry um that yeah getting people back to shows and live things and uh, movies as well 
It's uh yeah, I think it's gonna be a healthy mixture of people not wanting to go out yet, and then other people going, "I'm so goddamn bored out of my brain, I will I'd risk death to go do a thing with other people." <laughs> I foresee like bars and live music being a lot easier to fill up because younger people think they're invincible. Yeah, yeah. It's the movie theaters where you know it's a more calmer environment, maybe calmer mindsets. Those yeah. are gonna be harder. I think live uh live things and bars are going to be fine yeah uh more to the point also there's also like speculation what are these theaters actually going to show because everything's (laughs) been pushed back so if they do open mid-june there's no new movies they could even play it Mm. has to be all repertory films interesting yeah because i guess yeah if if, uh only a third of the nation's theaters are open they're still not going to want to put out like a black widow or something sure they want to make sure it gets into all of the theaters uh kevin smith yeah. Says that the self-isolation, it has allowed him to finish work on scripts, or at least continue to work on the scripts for Clerks 3 and Mallrats 2. Nice. Uh, Mallrats 2 has a title. <laughs> it is called yeah. Twilight of the Mallrats. <laughs> uh, and is now, it was going to be just about the fact that 2020 was going to be kind of like the death knell uh, what he says, I'm quoting directly. I'm going to read his whole quote <laughs> about how uh, like retail's going down, but now he's writing in the pandemic into the script. Wow. Yeah. Uh, because when you think about it, malls are really fucked right now. So yeah. here's what Kevin Smith says. <clears throat> I was working on Twilight of the Mall Rats, the Mall Rats 2 script, and so I just read last night uh, Read last night articles about the retail apocalypse where 22 was 2022 2020 <laughs> was going to be the death knell for a bunch of stores anyway, but the pandemic has escalated that and made it worse. And we're about to see a lot of big box stores, big name brand stores that you and I have known for most of our lives just go away forever. That means yep. massive vacancies in malls. So they're predicting the implosion and uh, the entire implosion of malls. I mean, they were already teetering. But the entire implosion of malls across America. So as a guy who's writing a movie set in a mall, I'm like, well, that's useful information for my line of work. So I had to start writing the pandemic into the movie because clearly this is going to be remembered for all time. And then he's uh, basically likens it to the same way that this is this is going to affect us the same way that 9-11 did. Yeah. Yeah. And even going back 100 years to the like Spanish flu. Right. He, uh, he talks about how, you know, he's like, does it seem like too topical to people are already saying it's too topical for him to yeah. be writing about the pandemic. Is like at one, everyone's gonna do it. You're gonna see a ton of storylines about this. And two, this is not <laughs> this is not like an impeachment that comes and goes, and then we all just forget about <laughs> oh, it. Oh God, this is something that we're gonna talk about and be affected for the rest of our lives. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. If uh, yeah, if a movie comes out now that's set around. 2001 if you happen to mention 9-11 it's not gonna be like oh that's dating the movie sure it's like no that's just a thing that happened to everybody a thing <laughs> that's right just like this is uh dune dune yeah. the, the, the dune sequel has put out a bunch of pictures and everyone loves it the pics are gorgeous i've never seen dune have you ever I, seen dune me neither man it's, it's one of those like uber nerd properties i feel like I such feel a like, fraud for yeah, having that, <laughs> a could, movie I podcast could. and never seen dune yeah i like it's one of those things that i know as a sci-fi nerdy person i could very easily get obsessed with it <laughs> or not get it at all Right, so now, from what I understand, and if anyone out there is actually listening and wants to correct me, it's like one movie and a book series. Yeah, it's it's apparently, I think it was um, either a book or a series of books um, that was deemed unfilmable. Oh, cool. 
um, and that many people have tried over the years, uh, apparently to varying degrees of success. Um, but yeah, it seems like every 20 or 30 years, somebody's just like, nope, now is the time. We've got the technology. Sure. We can do this properly. So I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to watch the movie Dune. Uh-huh. Somehow the, this uh, week. Aronofsky yep. is the is the like the one everybody knows. Something like that. Yeah. Jurodowski. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna watch Dar- it. I'll Dar- report Dar- back. Aronofsky, I think. But uh, I watched Bla- the the Blade Runner sequel before watching original Blade Runner, <laughs> and I regret that immensely. I still haven't seen either of them. That's absurd. <laughs> uh, they're not great. Uh, you know what? That's gonna be my uh, on my list this week. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an update great. next week. Well, I'm uh, gonna find a way to watch Dune. How did I? You watch Blade Runners. All right, yeah. That's our homework. All right. Uh, In the Who Gives a Fuck file or the Why Do We Need This file, uh, (laughs) Disney's newest live action reboot will be the Robin Hood, but the one with like the (laughs) Fox's Robin Hood. The animated one. Yeah, so the animated Robin Hood. So it's like. It was already a reboot of a story with animals, so now it's a live-action reboot of a reboot, and I don't give a fuck, and I don't want to watch it. It would have to be incredible for me to give a fuck about this movie. Yeah. All right, now we're into Marvel news, of which there is much. Uh, Sony's Spider-Man 3 Mm. is not slated to be delayed right now. It is supposed to be opening July 2021. Pre-production was supposed to start in September, and that's been pushed. So basically, they're just going to have less time to make the movie. Sony is not budging on this because they need the money. Oh, God. So they are going to have very little time to shoot, CGI, edit, master, and put out this movie. They, despite the fact that the entirety of Phase Four is pushed, yeah. Sony told Marvel we are not pushing this movie, so they're gonna have to rewrite parts of it too. Oh God, oofa! Uh, that's what I have to say, oofa. Uh. Ooh, wow. Yeah, they're just they're just like fuck it. We we got a movie and we gotta make it because it, it is like the most money making movie for Sony. Yeah, but then like. It's gonna suck. Do it right? <laughs> Question yeah. mark? I mean, that's what's happening with it. Uh, um, Taika Waititi has been really active on his Instagram, I guess because he's bored, but he says about Love and Thunder, <laughs> yeah. we're going to touch on the cultural specificity of Korg's history. But he also puts Korg's uh, ellipses, that, 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 history. <laughs> There's an interesting history in the comics about Cronians about how they ellipses procreate. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> there's a 50-50 chance that he's actually being serious about what's there's going to be a this little bit This was during that a serious movie. Q&A. So I think they are going to touch it. <laughs> so, I did some research about how Cronians <laughs> procreate, yeah, procreation of rock people. Yeah. Okay, so for those that don't know, uh <laughs> in the MCU, in the Marvel Universe, Korg is a CGI character who's basically a giant rock creature. He's a humanoid, but he's, he's made of rock. Uh-huh. Uh, he is voiced by Taika Waititi, and he's <laughs> absolutely absurd. In uh, Endgame, he is seen living with Thor wearing a uh, Hawaiian t-shirt, or a Hawaiian button-up shirt that Taika Waititi is known for wearing because it's voiced yeah. by him. It's really cute. So Taika loves this character, loves being this character. Now, there are no female cronians. They are all either genderless or all male, depending on what comic line you're, you're looking at. Mm, okay. And the way they procreate 
is they get in a circle and hold hands and they walk into a, a lava river and then two of them in the group that want to combine kind of melt and form into a new creature as a baby Cronian who then grows up. So wouldn't their species just always be dwindling in numbers? You would fucking think. <laughs> if it takes two to make one, but then, then the other two go away. I'm sure this will be changed for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. Are the Yeah. Wow. So could they possibly be like an elemental species that eventually will be one entity that has all of the power of the entire species. I don't think it works like you so- <laughs> I don't think it's Highlander. I don't think you soak up powers. I think you just become <laughs> that. Or I could have read it wrong. Maybe it's like a piece <laughs> of the two forms a baby. Okay. This is just what I read on the Marvel wiki. <laughs> but that's interesting and I'm excited to say it. And I really do just want all of Love and Thunder to be like, sure, there's a love triangle between Jane Foster, uh, Valkyrie, and Thor, but it's mostly about Korg and how Korg fucks. <laughs> I would love yeah. that movie. With a, with a splash of Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Throw it in there. He's actually pretty adamant that that's not happening, but yeah. he could, again, he could be lying. <laughs> yeah. All right, John Krasinski <laughs> is trending on Twitter, and so is the term Reed Richards. So it feels like every couple months that yeah, we get been, these rumors flying around. Cast him for years. Everyone now. wants John Krasinski, who was Jim on The Office, to play Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, the leader of the Fantastic Four. Now that that property is owned by Disney slash Marvel, mm-hmm. so uh, insider sources say that he has had multiple calls with Feige during the <laughs> isolation, and that he has teased on his latest. I don't know if you've seen, but John Krasinski is doing these. Uh, shows like these mm. internet shows called Some Good News SGN, yeah, yeah, where he yeah. plays like a a news reporter, and all he does is report. And his kids do all the research. It's adorable. <laughs> and did the logo. He just reports on good things happening. But he teased in the last one that he is entering the comic book universe. So okay, it just seems pretty substantial at this point. Without an announcement that he is most likely going to be Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, which I am all the fuck about now. He was one of the two front runners to be Captain America. It was down to John mm. Krasinski or uh, Chris Evans. Oh wow! Uh, so obviously made the right choice. Yeah. Uh, but also John Krasinski likes telling the story, and I swear to God, I saw a bit of this footage somewhere, and now I can't find it. That there is footage of him screen testing as Captain America, oh, and then he man. said that he was so nervous and fucked the audition up so much that he laughs about it all the time. Like there is no way he was getting that part. Wow. All right, last episode, I talked about I was going to get some movie release dates together. I now have updated DC and Marvel release schedules. Ooh, okay, we actually got some, uh, some yep. real... What do you want first? Things on the... on the. Let's do, uh, let's do DC first. All right, Wonder Woman 1989. 84? 84, yep, <laughs> skipped a half a decade. Wonder Woman 1984. It's going to be coming out in 2089. Yep. Uh, the official release date right now is August 14th. Okay. That's the only DC this year. Uh, okay, there's everything else. What else is, is 2021. So the next gotcha. date's all 2021. The Batman, June mm. 25th. Okay. Okay, so, so next summer. Wow. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, the James That's what Gunn it's one. Yeah, it's not called Suicide Squad 2. It's called The Suicide Squad. <laughs> so it was most definitely a reboot. August 6th. So that's only a whole year and a half. We only get three. <laughs> all right. Black Adam, December 22nd. Shazam 2 April 1st which I think is a really funny release date yeah uh, 
So I oh, think my birthday. Yep. Uh, I feel <laughs> like they are constantly telling us news like, oh no, Black Adam and Shazam aren't gonna meet yet. No, 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 no. All to just do a big fuck you between December and April, where Black Adam and Shazam two come back to back, and then Shazam two is all gonna be about Black Adam. That's my theory. Yeah. I think we're gonna see Shazam in the end of Black Adam, and then we're gonna see the battle in Shazam two. That's yeah. my favorite. DC Super Pets, May 20th. <laughs> I'm guessing that's animated. <laughs> that's gotta be. Oh, so, oh, hold on, hold on. I just, I just jumped a whole gun, by the way. So I just said Black Adam December 22. Uh-huh. When I say April 1st, that's 2022. Yeah. That's yeah, the whole I assume two years as the next year. Yeah. Uh, DC yeah, Super Wonder Pets. Woman this year. Batman Suicide Squad, Black Adam 2021. And Shazam 2 2022. Now 2022 sees Shazam 2, DC Super Pets, Pets, Fets, The Flash, July 1st. Okay, that Flashpoint movie, they're insisting is Uh, still happening. Which I won't see because Ezra Miller's a prick. And Mm -hmm. Aquaman 2, which I will see on December 16th, 2022. Yeah. Because Aquaman's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. All right, now on to Marvel. All right. All right, Black Widow. Official push date is November sixth. Okay, yeah, I feel pretty confident in that. Like August, and I guess it got pushed again. November sixth. I feel like it's gonna have a poor release. I feel like that's just about when people are actually going to be going back. My theory is people aren't going back to the movies till the end of October. Yeah. Also, by the Mm. way, uh, October has a full moon this, or I should say, Halloween has a full moon this this year. Yeah, and is on a Saturday. Stay the (laughs) fuck inside and don't ruin my Halloween, everyone. (laughs) I need this. Uh, The Eternals. uh, This is the first 2021 movie in February. Mm. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. We previously said. Uh, it's going to be that May date, so May 7th, 2021, mm-hmm. followed by Spider-Man Homecoming 3 in July 16th. Yeah. Also that same n- next year, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, November 5th. Then the first movie of 2022 for Marvel will be Thor Love and Thunder, followed in May- that special May slot by Black Panther 2, followed up in July Blockbuster by Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. So a lot of sequels. Yeah. Uh, Eternals and Shang-Chi are the only like originals. The rest are all sequels or existing characters. Word. Which is oh, pretty man. interesting. Uh, Brie, um, uh, Al- Brie Larson. Yep. Um, had a, uh, was in a couple episodes of Community <laughs> I was watching. Uh-huh. And she looks very different in the show. She's wearing like nerd glasses. Sure. And it took me a second. I was like, wait, where do I know her from? Is that fucking Captain Marvel? <laughs> like, what? So you're telling me when a superhero puts on glasses, <laughs> yes, like nerdy thick frame glasses, it is harder to it's tell what harder. their identity is. Yes. Okay, just Correct. checking. Also, that season may have been filmed in like, I don't know, uh, 2012 or something. So <laughs> I can't get over every time I see her in Scott Pilgrim because she's Envy Adams. Oh, yeah. That's fucking great. All right. Yep. I saved this piece of news for last because it's the only one that brought me great joy. Hey. Uh, they've put the movie Splash on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I just saw this. Uh, stars <laughs> Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. Uh, Daryl Hannah plays a mermaid who, uh, when her fin, her lower half is dry, they turn into human legs and anatomy. Uh, and then she falls in love with Tom Hanks. There is a reboot. <laughs> Happening that we've reported on where Channing Tatum plays the merman. <laughs> yes. But the original Splash is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, there is one flash of butt 
in this movie. It's when Daryl Hannah is, and it's like barely even butt. <laughs> yeah, because her hair is covering it's like the top a shadow half. as she's diving into the water. I watched. It's a pretty. It's a pretty good flash of butt. So. Disney Plus is not about uh, yes. correct anatomy and butts. Yeah, so to cover network. up, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the Showgirls TBS edit yes. where they CGI bras on people. Yeah, I feel like that would have been better. Yeah. So they either I don't know how to put this. They see, as she's running back into the ocean, she's like got her human legs. She's about to turn into a mermaid for the last time, but. Her butt is covered in fur. Now, at first glance, I'm like, oh, they just extended her hair to go down to the bottom of her butt. But no, they are implying that she has a fur-covered ass. (laughs) Oh, I didn't see a high-res version. I just saw, like, a real bad clip of it. It looks like she is, it's just her hair, but it's not moving the same as her hair. So it's, like, almost as if she's wearing, like, a Chewbacca fur... bikini bottom or her ass is just covered in hair and for all we know that's what happens to mermaids when they turn into humans is their asses are just covered in brown hair oh the little mermaid would be such a different movie yeah she's just the little merkin uh uh, anyway go watch that just look up disney plus splash in youtube and you will see and it's absolutely absurd uh, how about oh. an interview, Dan? You want to hear an interview? Yeah. Here's an interview with filmmaker Christopher F. Todd about what it's like to try and make films right now. All right, here we are talking to award-winning filmmaker Christopher F. Todd. Chris, how the F are you? Yeah, I'm great, man. How you doing? I'm so good. Uh, last time you were on the show, we talked about some projects and stuff. Obviously, the world has changed much since the last time we've talked to you. Yeah. Yeah, a little, a little bit. So let's start with what are you working on now, and how is the isolation dealing with the way you're working? Uh, I've been working on a, a new screenplay, but it's funny, right? Like I, I had already I had been working with my producer like about a month before things got really hairy. So I guess like sure. February, so a month and a half, and uh, we he'd asked me to write a project and um, we started working on that as like an action film and uh, which was exciting because I'd never really gone down that path. And it, you know, we were my writing myself, my writing partner, we're working in the same way that we always work where we're just taking a couple days a week, focus on it, come back. And, um, and then the, the, the COVID thing happened and um, you know, it's, 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 it's actually been kind of nice. I've had I've had time to, to I mean like that sounds terrible. Right? I'm glad this pandemic <laughs> could be so nice for you. Oh no, from a creative point of view, it's been nice to have time to focus solely on a project, and and there's no white noise um, outside of that. And uh, I've really enjoyed the 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 focus there. Um, you know? We're not the only creative to put that out in the world, of course. Like, I'm seeing all sorts of uh, film screenwriters and directors all saying it's been great to be able to focus without deadlines and to isolate. Like, a fr- your friend, my friend, friend of the show, Robert Cargill, has talked about how great the cinema that comes out of this is going to be because everyone has time to sit down and actually work on it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's totally right. That that's that's what I just keep telling my writing partner and even talking to my producer about it, because we delivered um, we delivered the first draft early, and wow. I was like, it's it's just it's just nice, and it gives you a little bit of clarity, and then you know allows for time to work on other things too. You know, like we've got a couple things in the pipe, and I don't feel like my time is taxed so much that I just don't I don't I am not you know I'm able to give all like these projects the attention that they deserve. And, wow. and that's, that's a great thing. Like that, it really is a wonderful thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been nice. Now, as far as actual brick and mortar theaters go, uh, we talk about on this episode of the show about how NATO, not the, uh, North Atlantic treaty organization, but the national association of theater organizations, uh, how they expect theaters tentatively to be open by July maybe even in some of the lesser harder hits mid June, but that they don't think attendance is going to be spectacular. People are still going to be afraid to go out in public. So where do you see brick and mortar theaters going? Um, well, I, you know, I, uh, I, I don't fully agree that people aren't going to want to go out in public. I, I, I think once the ban is the social distancing ban is lifted and, and 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 everyone's given the go to say things are cool now. You can return back to a sense of normalcy. I, I think theaters are going to be, well, the ones that are still standing, are going to sure. be uh, flooded with people. You know, I, I and, and it's going to be up to the theaters to manage like how ticket sales are handled and how many people are allowed in at once. And that'll be touch and go. I think. I think that's a. Those are decisions that are going to have to be made, and really thought about. To, you know, just to make sure things are you know done responsibly, but. No, I, I, I think I think it's going to be because people are hungry to go back. I think people are hungry to go back to the theater. I really do. I, I've talked to a few friends who say, oh, man, I, I the first thing I want to do is go just go see a movie." Um, sure. So yeah, and I, I think I think that the theatrical experience is something that people, when they can't take part in it, they miss. And uh, no, I, I I think theatrical exhibition is going to be just fine. I, I mean, I, I think. Big guns in the business like AMC are going to have some trouble because their platform is one that is built on that hinges on the studio system, and the only experience that they provide is uh, show up, buy a ticket, buy popcorn, sit down. That's it, you know. And they don't provide any programming really outside of just you know whatever movie you're seeing, right? Like whatever movie that Marvel or Disney or Universal or Warner Brothers has out in the cinema at the moment. You know, I, I think like movies theaters that run specialty programming are really going to have a leg up because they're going to have something to offer here because I think people are going to want to take part in the experience more than they are. Oh, I really got to see, I don't know, whatever movies out uh, sure. releases out. Does that make sense? It does. And we're, we were talking earlier about how, you know, those, those theaters that specifically uh, are, are good at dealing with repertory screenings are you're, you're hundred percent right with the leg up because there's not going to be blockbusters when the theaters reopen, like because it's so tentative, let's say they do open in July. There's nothing slated for July. Everything at the earliest starts August, August September. Yeah, yeah. Wonder Woman's been pushed to what, like uh, first week August now? Second week. Second week. Yeah. Yep. So uh, and even then, like that was going to be a big movie, but not the biggest movie. So. Well, comparatively, right? I think it was probably the biggest thing WB had on its slate. Um, sure. But no, no, I agree with you. It's it's not like it's it's Avengers where like. It's this knockdown, drag out, like everyone's gonna be there. I, I, I think it's 
It's a it's a big movie. It's a popular. Ooh, movie. what are you drinking over there? I just made a French press. Oh yeah, I hear it pouring. That's nice. Delicious. Yeah, well, you're a coffee fiend like I am. I like it. Yeah. Oh nice. yeah. And a dark roast. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, I think like Wonder Woman is just you know I use that example because that's one of the bigger ones of the summer. Um, and it was kind of like one of the last movies to 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 flinch, you know, like they held on to their day for a long time. Sure. And uh, but I think that movie will eventually will, will, will be fine. You know, I, I think the real the, the real kind of writing on the wall would be if WB goes the distance and says, you know what, we're going to do uh, Wonder Woman's going to be VOD. I don't think that's going to happen. And if, if I think it did, it, it would kind of send up a flag to. The entire, I, mean, I think it would be terrifying for theatrical exhibition. I think people would get real worried at that point. But that's a big movie. Sure. People talk well, about like all the new, new releases being on VOD. Isn't this such a big deal? And I was like, I don't think people really give enough of a shit about the hunt for it to really move the needle as far as like, that's not a film that's going to like drive people to the theater. Right. So like you could easily watch that on VOD. It's the same experience. Now, if Avengers so, Endgame is VOD. That would be that would be a thing. Yeah, we talk a lot uh, um, on the show about, uh, especially with the VOD stuff going on, is that it's those indie darling flicks that are like they were never gonna make a ton of money. It makes sense for them to get that money back by selling to some sort of streamer. But like, you're not gonna make your Wonder Woman money back streaming. There's no way. Uh, yeah. And like everyone was convinced that they were going to put Black Widow on Disney Plus because they're pushing Black, you know, Disney Plus. And it's like the yeah. money you would make from sus- subscribers is not going to hit that, you know, close to a billion dollar mark that you need to make yeah. that movie successful. The only way for that to work, and I don't think the drive is enough for people. Um, the want, I don't think any movie could ask this. The only way for that to work would be a premium VOD service that is um, anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars a view in the home. Like that's the only way it would work. And then, yeah. and, and then, and then you'd have to have um, at least half to maybe more of the people who would show up on opening weekend, uh, put down that 20 to 50 bucks to, to watch it. Sure. Home. But even then, I don't think you get across the finish line. I mean, the, the, the price would have to be for black widow is a good example. I think wonder woman is probably a better example because WB really needs that movie to work. Um, sure. if, Black, if Black Widow doesn't do well, it doesn't matter because Eternals is coming up. And if that doesn't do well, that doesn't matter because there's another one in the Thor. Uh, Thor three, four is coming up. Like, and that'll be huge. So like, that's a, that got pushed to 2022. Yeah, everything got pushed by six months um, yeah. on that slate. Uh, but Wonder Woman's different. Wonder Woman kind of needs to work. Now, for that to happen in a VOD space. You gotta have a massive amount of people willing to pay thirty-ish dollars to watch not, it once. Not um, to mention, you also need to stop people from sharing passwords and accounts. Like I share every one of my streaming accounts with someone. Like we have a whole spreadsheet of like who pays for what and who has the passwords. Yeah. Well, I think that would be easy because it was it, it in 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 a VOD sense. You know, once you you would basically just have to make it a pay per view thing. Right. So like you got it. it. Got it. So Watch it's not it. available for 48 hours. It's available no. for one time viewing. It's available for one time viewing. You have and you have like 20. You, the way it would work, I would imagine, would be you have 48 hours to watch it and you can only watch it once. Once you start it, you're in. That's it. sure. That makes and sense. That, and that's what they would have to do. Um, I just think it's such an ask. 
when you think about going to the theater, paying your 10 to $20 to go to the theater and see it, depending on where you live, and it's a better experience. And even putting up that number now, I'm, I'm just talking this through now. It's like, God, like, how much would you have to charge for Wonder Woman on a VOD platform? 50, 60, $70 on top of like, oh man, it just doesn't make sense for a movie like that. Sure. Uh, I thought the biggest um, surprise to me was uh, Lovebirds, which is the Issa Rae Kumail Nanjiani movie, uh, was supposed to get a theatrical release, but instead uh, they sold it to Netflix and it's just going to be a Netflix movie now. Which yeah, again, I, makes sense for that it does. You know, movie. It wouldn't make sense for a blockbuster, but that surprised the shit out of me. Yeah, no, it, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't. Netflix has, man, their pockets are so mysteriously deep. It, 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 <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It just, it, it, yeah. it's surprising, but it also is like not surprising. It's one of those things that, yeah, that's, of course, that's what they did. They saw an opportunity for a movie that's probably decent. And they were like, how much does this cost? They said, this is how much it costs. And they were like, here you go. Like, it was probably that simple. Like, those guys, I don't know, man. They don't make any – Netflix makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, well, they operate at a loss like Amazon does. It's all just – works. Like, how do you uh, operate it's, such a, in such a crazy loss? If because it's, you have shareholders and such like that. Maybe. Um, let's uh, switch gears here and talk about uh, where how you think that the like the creation side, like we're talking about actually going out and filming movies, how that's going to recover since everything's pushed back, everyone's schedules pushed back. Is this creating a, a jam in the pipeline for movies that need to get made, but now are fighting over resources like places and equipment or things of that nature? No, I just think schedules are getting pushed by six months at a time. You think that's why everything just shifts? Yeah, you just push everything back. And then you the hardest thing is going to be actor availability, right? So the the way that it's gotta work is you just take everyone's schedule and like you have to keep moving everyone back. It has to be six months. Like it just does in order to get things done. You know, big productions have like these deals where like, you know, once you start shooting on one. For example, the Rob Pattinson Batman. Sure. When they pick up filming on that again, if he has, if he's committed to another film, and there is no film he could commit to that is bigger than this, there just right. isn't, right? So if <clears throat> if he's committed to another film, I mean that film just has to kind of eat it, like that's just what it is. So like they're gonna that other film would would either recast or push back, and I'm sure. assuming everyone is just pushing back you know like that and those kinds of things happen all the time like back in the um back in 2007 uh when tarantino was gearing up to film um inglorious bastards the part of the bear jew was written for and had adam sandler delivered to play the part what yeah that's that's i didn't yeah. know that yeah yeah that's for real that's and pretty cool and because of the way judd apatow shoots his movies he was working he was making funny people with adam sandler Right. But the way the Judd Apatow works, it's just like improv based. It's a very fluid schedule. They ran over. They ran over by like three weeks or something. They ran over to a point where their schedule was going to overlap bastards already, but they had moved the shooting schedule of Sandler around enough to where he could finish funny people if they stayed on schedule, take a short break, and then fly out to Europe or wherever. To, I think it was in Europe, but he shot in Germany. Doesn't matter. Fly out to where Tarantino was, shoot shoot his stuff well judd apatow just like ran over 
And Universal was like, well, you can't have him. We're still shooting. And that's why Eli Roth is in the part because, like, Tarantino didn't really have any options. Damn. Eli Roth's so good as the bear, too. I can't well, imagine he, he did a great job. anybody else being. That's crazy. But when you think about that movie and you think about the things that, like, that that character does and, like, the way he acts in those scenes, you can see it being written for – you see Sandler in it. You could see him doing it. And so it's one of those things that's, like, it makes sense. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying like what Eli Roth did. It worked out for him. But those things do happen where like a film is happening. It's bigger than the film that they're scheduled for. So like the studio is like, sorry. You know, it just happens. Damn. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. And with Tarantino, like they have a certain amount of money. He makes movies that do well, but he doesn't make big pictures. Like he's not making superhero pictures and he's not making something that say Universal is going to try and hang their hat on that year, which funny people was. I mean, Judd Apatow was a blockbuster director at that point. Janusz right. Kaczynski, Spielberg's DP, shot funny people. I mean, like, that was a big movie. God, um, I hated that movie, too. I'm not a huge fan of it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a huge movie. And um, much bigger than, you know, really, Tarantino does, like, cool art house pictures. That's what he does. And so, like, that's just bigger than what Tarantino's doing. And so it took precedence. And and in, in the Mining Universal, it took precedence because it's their money. So they were they were willing to kind of, like, basically tell Bob and Harvey Weinstein to kind of, you know, eat it. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, couldn't have happened to any nicer people than the Weinstein brothers. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> um, ooh. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier on the show about how uh, Sony is refusing to push spider-man 3 from its release date in july of next year despite the fact that pre-production was supposed to start in september and that's been pushed back thus giving the director much less time to crank out a product and how that's probably going to negatively affect it immensely i haven't read that um that could just be bolstering honestly i mean when you get down to it like you have to have feige and all those guys are delivered to make that film right they're not going anywhere Right. Tom Holland isn't going anywhere, right? Like, so if those people aren't available, you don't have a film. Like, you can't recast. Sure. Or, or Especially not that one. No. Like, yeah, no. Sony's just saying that now because they, you know, that's the only, that's the only, that is the only thing they've got going for them. So they're, sure. they're really trying to hang on. Um, we'll see. I, 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 I'm not, yeah, that's, We'll see. <laughs> but that's so far off. I mean, like September is is not is, is kind of September's on, on is around when this should clear up. So like that's that's probably what they're thinking. They're just like, well, we need this, and by then we should be able to start work on it. And like maybe they could. I imagine whoever's writing Spider Man right now has tons of time to tighten that script up. Um, you know, I was reading yesterday that James Gunn, him and his he and his production prepared on uh. Suicide Squad, this sequel that he's doing, um, they they prepared for for COVID. They kind of saw the they saw it coming, and they were making preparations to cut in James Gunn's home before everything got shut down. So that film that's hasn't been cool. that film hasn't been um, the only thing that's been held up with with that movie is the marketing because there's no sure. one in the offices to cut trailers or you know start putting together promo material. But as far as actually finishing the film, it is. Still on schedule to be done. I think he said ahead of schedule. It's going to be done on time. 
Uh, I've seen a lot of news stories about like marketing being pushed, but I, my answer is like good because we can't go see it anyway. Why put more money in the marketing and keep stretching that out? Like wait till people can actually go back or we're close to going back because we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. Shit could get real weird. We could be stuck inside for a year. Meanwhile, you're stuck doing a promo for a movie for nine months. So I say good. Wait on the marketing. Yeah. I don't need trailers that bad. No, I, I agree with that. And I also think too, if you if you you it's you don't want to make promises you can't keep, right? Sure. So if they cut a trailer. They got to have a date. And if they don't have a date, they got to have a month at least or a season at best, you know, like, yeah. some. well, they can't even say that. Like, they don't sure. know. Yeah. So like, no, all that's got to be on pause right now. Nice. Um, if you could, we've talked a lot about the, the silver linings. If you could say what you think the worst impact on the film industry is going to be because of COVID. What do you think it is? What is the grayest cloud instead of the silverest lining? The workers, the people sure. who are on set day to day, you know, not the big guns, not the guys who are like the rock star DPs or directors or actors, but the people who make their money pulling focus, make their money um, being a grip, a best boy, a gaffer, a second AC, cam ops those people have like money put aside because you have to but if you're not getting steady work i mean that's that's a contractor's life you know like that's what it is and those people are the ones getting hit the hardest and uh you know i got a lot of friends who that's that's the boat they're in they're doing fine but it's you know it's not it's not a good place to be in right now to be a, a, a contract worker and have nothing to work on. Um, so that's, those are the people that, that, that I, I worry about. And um, those are the people they're going to feel it the most directors, writers, actors, you know, they're fine. Like, sure. They're fucking fine. Like, they don't matter. Not really. I mean, they're, it's, they're fine. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's the people that actually get the thing done that are, that's the way everything is in this country right now with this whole thing. The people that actually are the ones who are pushing the ball up the hill and getting anything actually done, they're getting hit the hardest. Um, that's a bummer. That is a bummer. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to leave us with? Any uh, any nuggets of truth or wisdom? Nuggets of truth or wisdom? Nah, man. Uh, I just just I you know I hope anyone who's listening to this is is taking care of themselves is feeling you know, as well and keeping their family close. And, you know, I hope that, I just hope that anyone who has this, uh, this massive amount of free time on their hands is able to use it to focus in on the things that are important to them. And that's what people are getting by. It's weird, scary. I'm in a position where like, I'm okay, you know, and I have work to do and I have work that I'm proud of and I'm excited about. Like I'm, but I'm in the minority. Like I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm the majority and, and, uh, and I'm, acutely aware of that so yeah damn all right well thank you so much for joining us award-winning filmmaker christopher f todd uh if people want to see what you're working on is there any place to go is there any plug or should they stay tuned or what's up yeah stay tuned we're working on some things right now that we can talk about hopefully soon but uh yeah. not not yet but very very soon dynamite well we're all titillated thank you very much christopher yeah man 
And that was our interview with filmmaker Christopher Woo! F. Todd. My first Skype interview. Yeah. yeah. Technology. Technology. <laughs> All right. That's it for this week. Uh, reminder, we're patreon.com slash five by five at the movies, but I can't even get you people to write us an email. So <laughs> the chance of me getting five bucks a month is not great. Uh, thanks, Dan Richardson, for being here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. If you are, please review us on <laughs> iTunes if you're so inclined. Email us at 5x5film at gmail.com with any questions, concerns, or criticisms. Just tweet, tweet at us like hashtag I listened. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just so we know. Tweet there, there at Keith Ruckus. Out there. At Keith Ruckus, <laughs> hashtag I listened. Or find us on Facebook at 5 by 5 at the movies. Thank you, Dan Benjamin, Hattie Cook, and the entire 5 by 5 Five Network. We'll see you next week with another 5x5 <laughs> yeah. five five at the movies. Roll, Roll credits. credits. <laughs>